What is HyFlex and how does this modality work? Wait, first off, what is course design? And how do we design classes that encourage intrinsic engagement? How do you increase flexibility and honor student agency? Welcome to a Safe Topics mini-series where Sean and Curry talk about why we teach and how we teach. So, Sean, before we talk about what we do when we sit down to design a brand new course, let's talk a little bit about just what, what are the learning experiences you want students to engage with? Like, what are the favorite things that happen in your courses, any course, online, asynchronous, synchronous, whatever they are, when students are doing it, you're like, this is why I do this. Like, this is why I'm so happy the course was designed this way. And not an exhaustive list, but just a couple that come to mind. I think it all starts with like the idea of small wins and, you know, not having huge assignments that are weighted so heavily that like, you know, it's anxiety inducing when they look down the course schedule and they're like, oh, the midterms worth 30%. And, and so with the final, like, those are the things that matter. I want them to think like every day the things we're doing matter and actually contribute to learning as opposed to point accumulation, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah, so, with, you know, I'm thinking about uh, my course in these teams. I do team-based learning. So what are those teams going to do? And, and how are those experiences? How do I want them to look, right? And how are they going to evolve into whatever they end up being? And how can I get some small wins in the beginning so yeah. that they feel like they have some confidence. So yep. they're not just dreading the, the bigger things that they ha have to do. And it's kind of like a scaffolding process to those bigger things. So that's kind of initially what I'm thinking. What about you? Oh, I love that. I love that language of small wins. I, I think I, I feel the same. I've wanted to design. So if it's a synchronous in-person class, I want those sessions to be compelling enough for students to want to come and, and kind of move away from the, you must be here. There is this assessment you must complete. If you miss it, you don't get points for being there. Like, I just want what we do there to be like, I want to be in class. Like I, and if I miss class, I'm bummed. And you know, I want a way to kind of engage with that, right? So some intrinsic value. My favorite experiences in the classroom are when students take over the discussion and I'm just like, oh, how about you? How, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm not necessarily even asking any more questions. And the topic just goes to cool places as students guide it there. That's my favorite, favorite, favorite. Right. Right. It's that idea of like shutting up and teaching, you know? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> uh, I know you do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and the class making it their own, right? Yeah. Because we do have the structure. We do have the outcomes. We do have the assignments. Those are planned out, but what makes this class unique is opposed to like a boxed or completely pre-manufactured experience that those are my favorites too. And, and I think that comes from the small wins and what you're saying, like not being punitive, especially in the beginning, right? Because if we're yeah. talking about retention and success. They're yes. getting used to three, four, five, six classes, totally. their, their schedules in their lives, their work accommodations they had to make to even start going to school. There's so many changes happening at once. Yep. I, I can't expect them to get 12 point font times new Roman double space, you know, exactly the way I want the header. That's a lot to ask. Right. So that right. first assignment, I, you know, we want to, I, I want to be forgiving so that they feel like, well, you got something in that's a yeah. small win. Now let's right. build on that and rewrite this and, and make sure that we're getting it um, the way that we both 
um, where our expectations align, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. And and I also like that language of, of small wins because it makes, I, I agree with you. Like it's, we know that the big exam that's coming up or the first essay project, that's worth a lot of points. It's sort of like the more important assignments in the class. But if what we can do daily or, and also weekly is work in small spaces. So like a discussion, uh, a journal assignment, uh, annotations on reading, something that's engaging, something that's meaningful, that because I do those small things, uh, I just suddenly arrive at like half my essays already written, right? And or I've got a lot of content and I can do one more small thing and all of a sudden it's formatted according to MLA, right? Like, and it's not this big looming thing that I, I want to design for those, those, those small, engaging, meaningful uh, tasks that a student can own on their own terms, right? And can see the value in those small moves as they build to the larger things. Yeah. And yeah. whether we whether we think about it or not, that's kind of the purpose behind the introductory assignments and discussions and icebreakers when you're in person is like, okay, you, you know something, right? And, and bring that in. Now yeah. you have some confidence because that's been brought into the space. It's been yes. validated that we're showing that there's value to it and value in sharing it. And now from here, we build on things we're going to learn together, right? Maybe new things and yep. always, you know, um, your experience and, and who you are, you're going to see some of that in this new stuff. And that's what's going to help you learn this new content. Yeah, totally. And so that would, that would be the, the, the one of the thing I would say, and you just said it, right? And so as the more often we can position students as sort of being able to bring their knowledge into the space, right? To be able to speak with confidence on something they, they, they know for sure, right? Or can share confidently. The more we can do that, the better. So we tease students up, like you're going to be able to succeed because this is in your domain. And from there, we can move into the domain of rhetoric or the domain of sociology. Like, and, and the, that, that bridge is now, they can walk across it with confidence, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because ultimately, they're generating the stuff. They're, they're building the knowledge in the class. Um, we're just facilitating that, right? Yes. And when we talk about that facilitation, so it, it lends itself to methodology, right? So exactly. what do you decide, like, what do you start with? Like, it, everything's a blank slate. It's a blank screen, blank slate, blank piece of paper. Where do you yeah. start, Curry? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so so if we're going to design for those experiences, and I've got this new course in mind, I'm really starting um, high level. Okay, so it's, let's say it's an English uh, uh, 202 course. Um, that course is all about critical thinking. And so I'm thinking about what are the, and, and it's critical thinking and arguments, right? So nonfiction text. So I'm thinking about, what are the outcomes that I need to hit as prescribed by my course outline of record? And we'll talk about course outline of record in another episode, mm -hmm. um, but I'm starting there. I'm also then thinking, okay, texts and materials. So like the big touchstones, um, what are we going to be working with? I'm thinking bigger assignments. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about like the ends. So this is that kind of backwards design approach. Uh, and, but then I'm thinking of those small things. So if here's where we got to get, what are the small things that are going to get us there along the way? And so methodologically, I'm, I'm thinking in those terms, right? Big picture, maybe that describes a unit. Okay, now I've got a unit. So inside of that unit, what are the smaller tasks that get us to the end of that unit? Okay, now I've got my three units. How are all those three units working together to get me to that final? Um, okay, got that. Now, how do I introduce that stuff 
so that students are starting with confidence, find their, their own space, they feel like they can engage, right? So, so yeah, kind of mapping out bridges as much as I can. Right, and um, another part of the, the methodology behind the, and, and designing the course, we know the amount of time we have, right? Yeah. We have yeah. 17 weeks, 16 right. weeks. Um, or eight weeks or six weeks, whatever it is. Whatever it is, right? And in a typical semester at our institution, you have these 16 weeks and the 17th week for finals. Now that's going to dictate a lot of the structure, obviously. And yep. looking at that, I then think of like, what is the, the the content that's going to get to the, you know, the the learning objectives, the course outline of record, the things that are outlined in there that need to be explored in the class. Yep. And then from there, I look at that content and then I say, what order would make sense yes. based on the audience that I have, yep. right? Am yep. I teaching, um, you know, Social 101 to the MANA class that is primarily Polynesian and Asian Pacific Islander students? Am I teaching this to a more general audience in Oceanside, California? Am I teaching this at the Santa Leo campus in a more affluent area of San Diego County? That drives the order in which I put the content based on what I what what as a sociologist I know um, would be a better introduction, middle, and conclusion to the course. Yeah, based on the demographics, right? And and what that looks like is like you know for for the Oceanside class, I could talk about um, race and ethnicity from day one. Sure. When I'm in Cardiff, I may wait till week four or five after we talk about social class, maybe gender a little bit, things that I think. Um, will resonate with them more That's before we get to something that may be a little bit new or controversial or something that many of those students don't engage and talk about. And, and you know, it sounds like I may be making assumptions here, but if we look at the data, demographics and how people live their lives and the things that they talk about and the kind of cultures and subcultures they come from, it does fall in line with this structure that I'm, that, that I'm using to design my classes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me, cause I, and I want to loop back to that, that kind of how we rely on data and our past experiences, et cetera, to kind of how that works into this methodology for a brand new course. Right. Um, but before I ask that, l- l- let me ask you this, is there ever a tension between let's say how conceptually a sociology, a sociology course might scaffold, right? So like a foundational concept that ought to come first before another, Does, is there ever tension between that structure and what you're talking about? Like, I just want to position students early on so they feel welcomed and confident and engaged. Do do you ever feel like you're like, we have to do this first, even though it's hard or intimidating? I'll answer that by saying general structure is inherently inequitable. And I mean, look at, if you look at a textbook, it's going to go, what is sociology, research methods, and then it's going to go into socialization, then it's going to go into social class, and, and then it's going to go, well, it's going to go into deviance, then wow. social class, and then race and ethnicity and uh, gender sexualities, these, th- this kind of order, right? Sure. And then social change and social movements at the very end, right? Like, what do we do with all this? Sure. If it's, a, you know, uh, there's been a lot of protests uh, and, and, and Black Lives Matter and other social justice issues have been, you know, at the forefront of everybody's mind over the summer, and I'm starting that fall class, Maybe I want to start with social movements first, right? right? Because that's what people are thinking about. And that's how sociology sociology applies to what you just um, went through, what you just experienced over the summer. Yeah. I don't know if there's a tension that exists, but I look at that textbook and I say, 
I need to order this in the way that it makes sense for us right now. Totally. Yeah. And I, my, my reading lists are always like, okay, we're going to start with chapter five, but not the whole thing, just pages <laughs> this to that. And then we're going to go to chapter two next week, and but not the whole thing, just, to, you know, it's like, <laughs> I fuck that thing up big time. Um, and part of the way I think about this is to look for recursive conceptual uh, uh, linkages, right? And so it, it's, it lends itself really well to composition courses because we talk about a writing process, we talk about logic, uh, we talk about narrative, and a lot of those... Uh, we talk about forms. So a lot of those structures are like other structures. So I can design units where I say, okay, here's an accessible structure we're going to start with. So maybe we don't talk about introductions. We don't talk about formatting. We just talk about claims, evidence, reasoning, and transitions. In the next one, we can revisit that and push it farther. Like we want a, a, a more rigorous logic. Let's use that language, even though that, that language is problematic. And I can just say, this was just like what we just did. It's just a little more whatever, right? And so revisiting things and, and seeing the course and its, its, its concepts as reoccurring, it allows me to, to, like you're saying, take something that's traditionally taught in this certain sequence and, and really fuck that up so that students are, are engaging with it, right? Yeah. And, and part of the way I'm thinking of my structure when I'm designing a new course is I want a lot of routine and I want a lot of um, things that will be familiar in each module or each learning unit that we're looking at. Yes. And then peppering in the novel, peppering the, 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 the different and the strange within that. And maybe we have a mini project, you know, in the third module that is brand new, kind of disrupts the routine a little bit. But there is the routine around it to make yes. them feel, you know, like they, uh, they have confidence in what they're doing in the unit overall. Right. Yeah. And so that that's kind of another um, uh, another thing that I'm considering when when building out a course from the beginning. Totally. So, what does your process actually look like? So, you've thought conceptually uh, about this this sort of what the course is. You've thought about units. You've thought about outcomes. And then now you're starting to think, where do I find the routine? How do you do that? Like, what does it look like? Are you typing in a Google Doc? Are you writing on paper? Are there sticky notes everywhere? Like, what, what does your process actually look like for designing a new course? My process is all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it is it, it lives formally and it's organized with clarity and intention in Canvas, right? Yes. In, in yeah. our learning management system. But it is like, I'm taking a walk and now I have to stop and write notes in my, totally. uh, uh, in my phone. You know, I have to type up some notes for the next five minutes and disrupt my walk because um, I just had this great idea for a team-based activity, right? Awesome. Or, yes. the, or I'm watching, you know, a, a show and, and something happens and I'm like, I want to use this clip, right? And, and how am I going to, now I got to structure it in introducing the concept, sandwiching it, sandwiching the clip, introducing the concept, there's the clip. And then what are we going to do with this to 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 build, um, you know, some learning based on what, what I'm seeing here and why I think this is interesting. Yeah. And then how do I get them to find clips, too? Right. <laughs> is, is the next part. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it's all over the place. I mean, I'm writing down notes. I, I write down notes I never look at again. I, I, I um, you know, keep things in the Google Docs. I keep things. I email myself stuff all the time. Probably 60 percent I don't use. And it is all over the place, but once um, a course is ready to launch, I feel like I have enough ideas in the bank somewhere 
Yeah. Right? I wish it was more organized than this. I do, but but in some ways I don't because it 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 does work for who I am and how I want to teach and how I want them to see the world too. Like things pop up and sometimes they're more significant than others. Sometimes you're just like, this applies to what I've learned and 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 that's it. It's just that moment. But sometimes it applies to what you learn and it's something that is going to carry on with you and something you're going to try to spread to other people. And, you know, so I don't know, it's a very fluid, organic process, but in the end, it does come up with some core structure that I hope is uh, <laughs> cohesive and, and, and coherent. Oh, yeah, awesome. of course, of course. So in sketching out the 16 weeks, let's say, do you then have like kind of like placeholders, like I, we know we're going to talk about, let's say, uh, uh, race and identity for these weeks. Generally, we'll be reading in this part of the textbook, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then is there like open space in there then? Like in, in your sort of how you're planning this out for when you go on a walk and you realize, oh, this podcast I'm listening to is amazing. We should listen to this. There's sort of movable parts within that structure. Is that kind of what you're you're designing? Yeah. And we got to be careful with that, right? Because we're really good at adding and not subtracting. Yes. Right? And so just overwhelming a course. It went well last time. Let me add all these new things. Oh, it yes. didn't go so well this time. What happened? Oh, I didn't take anything out. Right. And so, you know, being mindful of my own capacity and the students' workload and things like that are always important and replacing when necessary, right? Yeah. And being willing to let go of something that may work well in order to experiment and maybe get to a different place with certain content, I'm open to that. And I'm open to making adjustments during the semester, but I do want enough. I I don't want too many holes, right? I want it all there so that everybody knows what we're doing. But if we decide to take another direction with something and we're excited, I'm always willing to subtract and replace instead of just add on and try to just fit all the other stuff in as well, if that makes I'm sense. I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. And I we're talking about designing a new course. And I think at this early stage, my process is just cast a wide net. So my Google Doc of reading, potential reading assignments is just filling up, right? And, it's con- and that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. Like add, 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 add. But when we talk about like redesigning a course or teaching a course for a second time, I think this one-to-one approach, like zero sum, if I'm going to add something I need to take, right, I think is really important. I also think this has just been something I've discovered, having taught for as long as I've taught, that when I revise a course, I should shrink it. I should never expand it, right? (laughs) So if there were two paragraphs of instruction for an assignment last semester, I want to try to get that down to one right? Like, like reduce content always helps students. It seems to me helps students more than adding content. Um, let me just say one more thing though, about us on this side of it. I sometimes feel overwhelmed by this kind of, uh, serendipity of I'm on a walk and I got a great idea or I'm relaxing in the evening. And I just saw this documentary. That's amazing. It means that I'm always thinking about teaching and course design and, I need to give myself a break. So I've, I'm at a point now where I don't stop for five minutes and write the note. I'll stop and say idea, um, like prompt idea, and then two words. And if, and then keep walking because I need that moment to like recharge. And if that idea serves me later, cool. If I lose it, cause I was thinking, God bless it. Right. Fine. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, no. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that just, you know, 
I don't always write it down. Sometimes no, it's, a, it's a passing thought, right? It, it, it's a cloud. It's a cloud. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then it, it's just gone. And I have to be okay with that. But if it's yes. something that's really sticky, that's if it yes. comes back a couple times, we want to pay oh, attention yeah. to that, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think about it like I've been watching these documentaries on like um, minimalism. Yeah. So I think of, you know, and this is like a thing with, especially with Americans, we get so much clutter and stuff. It's like, if we just keep adding to our closets, right? Right. We have all these clothes. We we use like the same, like what, eight? I'm, I'm talking for myself. I use like yeah. eight things. And, <laughs> and like, I really, really like that shirt I bought five years ago. And I liked it when I was wearing it five years ago. I haven't worn it in three years. Right. And um, maybe our assignments are like that. Maybe our activities are like that. And it's like, you're right. Uh, maybe if I get rid of this, it not only, not only just to give room for something else, not a one for one, but there's just more space. Yeah. There's more space to explore. There's more space to just not have as much clutter. And, yeah. um, you know, when we design things, I think we get really excited and we can pack it full of stuff, but at some point, you know, what stuff is necessary and then what stuff is really, um, making us feel joyful about uh what we're doing you know with the closet or with our our classes and and what we have planned no totally and i think part of that just creating space that has its own virtue right because especially what we said earlier we want to design for students to come into the class find themselves in that ecosystem and really be able to assert their own ideas their own interests right their own inquiries and so by, by removing some of those more prescriptive things in our courses, we create that space. But I also think when we do that, so I eliminate, let's say, uh, a quiz assignment that I've always had. I've always had it because it helps students with reading. So I get rid of it because it's, it's frustrating. It's not doing what I wanted to do. So I just get rid of it. When I go to now design a new course and I know I have reading and I know I have to find a way to, to build these routines, these small moves that you and I talked about earlier, and now, but, but there's no quiz. So what can it be? Suddenly I'm thinking in new ways about, okay, maybe it's a social annotation routine that I build, right? Or maybe it's a journal assignment that I build, or maybe it's just drafts now. And, and before I had one draft of an essay, we workshopped and then a final, now maybe it's incremental drafts. We build a piece every single week based on reading. You know what I mean? So like that space can be uh, uh, helpful for students, but it can be a space that we now can innovate when we move yeah. in this new direction. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a, you know, find or create a meme about that concept that we're yeah. learning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Make those connections. Yes. And, you know, with this idea of, okay, the course is not finished obviously, but you have enough to where you're like, I'm ready to start the semester. Yeah. Now, when you go to open this course, not just in Canvas, but I know you reach out to the students before the semester begins, you know, you're, you're ready to make contact here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it, are you giving them everything? Is the course open? Can they see it all? Or how do you introduce it to them? Yeah. So I actually, I think where I am now, I haven't always been here, but where I am now, is I want to introduce them to these routines, right? I want to introduce them to, here's what uh, the course is basically designed around. So we have three units in each unit. We have five weeks in the first part, we're brainstorming ideas. The next part we're drafting last part we're workshopping. So that's the basic rhythm 
we'll do it three times, you know, something like that. Or, but also like, here's the like most important basic thing we're going to do. It's a reading journal assignment. And here's, if you don't know what the final is, if you're not sure what the major things are, as long as you know, you're going to be journaling every week about reading, um, you can jump into this course with confidence. Like, so that I think I'm more interested in introducing those things early on than I am, you know, here are the themes of the course here are the, da, da, da. but like I said, that's just where I am right now. You know what? That's, that's the same thing I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm introducing them to the routines. This yeah. is how we work through the unit. This is how we're going to interact with each other. We're going to set it up with, you're going to read these concepts on your own. We're going to take, take these notes. We're going to come in. We're going to take a quiz together. You know, we're going to talk about these things uh, student to student first, and then I'm going to come in and clarify spots that I know are probably tricky, but, you know, identifying those spots based on the conversations you're having with each other, right? So I'm not going to start off, you know, uh, speaking and, and, and talking about content to them. Yeah. I'm going to let them see what it is for their own and, and then, you know, uh, talk with each other for a better understanding. Then I'll come in as the discipline expert and say, well, this is my interpretation of these things. Yes. And now we'll do something to apply those things to a particular project or other supplemental reading podcast video. Now let's do the application part. And that, you know, we're going to basically rinse and repeat and do that for every um, learning module, learning unit. But there will also be some other interesting things that we'll try to do in that structure. And once they do that in the first the learning module zero, learning unit zero, and then one, we're, we're off to the races and, and people feel comfortable, but then they're also challenged by some uh, different things that, that are going to come up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think when, when I'm introducing that stuff early on, it's all framed by the kind of the ethos of my course, right? So there's going to be some images, maybe some videos, my voice. Um, it's all it's presented in this very welcoming, like, you know, uh, uh, find your place in this class. Like you're a knowledge generator. I don't use that language, but like, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's the packaging. So they'll find those routines and, 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 you know, uh, that content, um, but all framed in that way. Yeah. So you're designing for a high flex course. I've just finished completely redesigning two of my English courses to be offered asynchronously. So I'm coming out of this brand new course design space. Um, you're entering into this course design space. Um, given, given your process, given kind of everything we've just talked about, what are you excited about thinking about high flex and what are you worried about? Maybe not all of it, but just like the learning experiences, the structuring, the, all that stuff, um, moving towards a high flex modality. What, what's one or two things you're stoked and, or worried about? I'm, I'm really excited to do something new, you know, and to do something in a way that maybe students haven't experienced before and that I haven't experienced before and figuring that out together. You know, I, 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 routines can turn into ruts. You know, we could feel stagnant at times when we're doing the same asynchronous course. We, we know what we have to do. We feel confident in it and it's great. And, and it's always new students. So they're getting a new experience from us. Um, you know, we kind of got to remind ourselves of that, right? When we're feeling a little stagnant, it's like, well, if this is working well, they haven't had it before, but I have, but this is new for both parties involved. And I feel like doing things in person, again, we're talking right after like a lot of restrictions have been lifted uh, recently. Yeah. 
And so this will be the first time I'm back in the classroom. Um, I am worried and excited about that and how that goes and how people feel about being in the social after being uh, not being in that kind of space for a long time. Um, I'm also excited and worried about the engagement on Zoom and making sure I give enough attention to the people in the room with me, as well as the people that are on Zoom. And I'm excited and worried about all of the challenges that we can't possibly foresee when doing something for the first time. Of course. And uh, we're going to be documenting this whole thing. And I look forward to sharing all of the joys and all of the pains that will be associated with this experience. <laughs> I'll also learn and grow and do it better the next time, right? That's the, yes. That's it. It won't be new anymore, but it'll, it'll definitely be better. Cool. Awesome. Well, it's a good, good conversation, Sean. All right. Thank you. This Safe Topics miniseries is produced and edited by Kelly Barnett, who also created the theme music. James Garcia handles our social media and outreach. Follow us on Instagram at safetopics underscore podcasts. Please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.